Elon Musk. So what I would say, um, you know, I'm focused on 2022, uh, but with Elon Musk, what I would say is, you know, I welcome support from African Americans. What can I say? <laughs> How you doing, Internet? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It is June 16th, 2022. We are live streaming on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube. Subscribe if you have not. And today, ladies and gentlemen, is a big day. It is a big day. Tomorrow's a huge day, but today is a big day because before a huge day, you usually get a big day to lead you in to the huge day. Uh, tomorrow, for the first time, in my 45 years on this earth, this pale blue dot, uh, we will be releasing uh, a full stand-up special. Yours truly, it is my stand-up, sort of lecture, but it's basically all stand-up, 35, 40 minute stand-up special uh, from the final show that we did on the big tour with the guy that you just saw right there, Ron DeSantis, and it is chock Full O laughs. We are releasing it exclusively for Ruben Report Locals annual subscribers. I'll tell you how you can get it in just a second, but we put together a little trailer for you. So this is right now, ladies and gentlemen, the debut of Dave Rubin's first ever stand-up special. Enjoy. The free state of Florida, ladies and gentlemen. So they're out there, and if you saw these people, they're, they're chanting, they're literally chanting, we say gay, at my show. I don't just say it, I mean, I'm doing it, you know what I mean? Disney has lost $41 billion. Donald Duck is wandering the streets of Orlando sucking dick for a hot lunch. How many of you are conservatives? Okay, conservatives. That basically means you have a job. So, good for you guys. Ben Shapiro is very mean and very scary. Ben Shapiro is four foot six, okay? He's actually in my pocket right now. You guys want to see him? That's just a tiny bite of the, it's about 37 minutes, I think, 38 minutes. What are we saying? About 38 minutes special right there. I promise you it is chock full of laughs. You know, there's this idea out there that comedy can no longer be funny, that it shouldn't be funny. We should release comedy specials on Netflix without laughter and we're post comedy and things are too serious to laugh at. And it's all pure BS, and I think you'll see something really uh, unique. So I am psyched to be releasing this thing, and I'm really psyched because we're releasing this thing in a, in a special way. You know, back in the day, people wanted an HBO special, and then you wanted a Netflix special. But, you know, I started Locals to change the game on how things could be released, how video could get to you guys, how creators could have a, a direct connection to their audience. And as you guys know, Dinesh D'Souza, just, what is it, about a month and a half ago, released 2,000 Mules, his most recent documentary, exclusively on Locals. It was a bananas crazy success. So that's what we're doing with this. So it will be free for anyone who is an annual subscriber to rubenreport.locals.com. So you can go there right now, rubenreport.locals.com. Subscribe annually and you will get it tomorrow. If you are currently a subscriber, a monthly subscriber, just switch over 
to annual. You can just click manage support on desktop uh, and uh, you'll watch it. You'll watch it and you'll laugh. I promise you, you will laugh at comedy. I know that's bizarre, right? That's a weird thing these days to laugh at comedy. But I promise you that you will laugh at comedy. And speaking of comedy, uh, that's what we're going to be discussing today uh, for the Rubin Report Community Q&A. We wanted to jump off on this because I thought it was just sort of perfect to releasing this special tomorrow. Ed Helms, remember Ed Helms? He was on The Daily Show and he was on The Office and he was in, uh, what was the movie that he was in? The uh, What was it? Hangover. He was in Hangover, a bunch of stuff. He used to be a funny guy, actually. He is a funny guy. I think he's a, or was a funny guy, is a funny, whatever. He was on The View a couple days ago and he was talking about how he can't do comedy anymore. And I thought that was perfect juxtaposition to releasing a new special. So we're gonna be talking about that. And we got uh, some great questions from the locals community. Real quick, guys, I wanna to talk to you about Moink. Did you know that 60% of US pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you'll find it in your grocery aisle every day. There's a better way, and I want to tell you about Moink. That's moo plus oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste, and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. Plus, you can cancel any time. I have been smoking the ribeyes and they are tasty. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary calls Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. And Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm so happy I got Moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time, spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben. That's moinkbox.com slash Ruben. All right, so let's jump in and talk about the state of comedy, which I am going to single-handedly save. I didn't want to do it. I wanted to put down the microphone and just focus on politics. It's a very serious time in the world. A man with a mental uh, problem is the president of the United States. The economy's crashing. There's a, a made-up war. All of this stuff is scary. But I said, no, I must get back. I must get back in and, and make people laugh. Well, Ed Helms, comedian Ed Helms, was on The View. This was yesterday, uh, saying basically that it is just too hard to be funny. There are so many problems in the world right now. There's nothing that we can be funny about or laugh about. 2006, you yes. were on The Daily Show. <laughs> yes, And uh, when you see everything that's going on in the news now, do you think that you might have changed your questions, your approach? Because almost, it was almost like, of course, it was after 9-11, but besides that, it was kind of an innocent period we had compared to now. Of course, mm. it's before, you know. Sure, time. sure, yeah. I get asked this a lot. Like, do I, would I want to go back on The Daily Show yeah. now and, and do that stuff? And... <laughs> And it's a hard no. I, I, I really, you know, The Daily Show is so good at satire. And satire is 
like the, the the nature of satire is to take something and then make it extreme for the sake of comedy. Right. Well, things are already so extreme. Yeah. So how do you find jokes? Like how yeah. do you how do you push it more ridiculous? Well, it's also uh, you know satire can be offensive to people. We're in a politically correct environment right now. People get canceled. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so it's a uh, yeah. These comedy. are <laughs> these are fraught times. Yeah. I have to say, I am so embarrassed to have one time really admired Joy Behar. I know for some of you that haven't watched The View, except when I show it these ridiculous clips, uh, you're thinking that she was always like a crazy leftist lunatic, and she really wasn't. She was a decent liberal, and she was really funny. And if you watch, did you just laugh at that? I said decent liberal, and he, and he laughed at that, that it was so impossible to believe that Joy Behar was once not completely insane. Um, I used to watch The View when, when Rosie O'Donnell was on there and her and Joy, they were great together. But as she points out in that clip, uh, then Donald Trump came and that broke all of these people. So in essence, Joy's saying there, oh, we could be funny before Trump. And then there was this time we could make fun of Trump. Now we're after Trump, we can't make jokes anymore. And also we're in a politically uh, correct time right now, so we can't be funny anymore. And it's like, man, you can't be funny about Joe Biden. You can't be funny about Nancy Pelosi. You can't be funny about boys or girls and the racism stuff, all of the shit that I'm constantly talking about here. And you people can't be funny about any of that. Like, no, it's because you're not funny. It's because you've traded in your funny bone for your political boner. And that's no good. Political boner. We just got demonetized, right? That was it. I knew it. I knew it. Anyway, people, if you want to laugh, Go to rubenreport.locals.com, subscribe up, subscribe annually, and you will get my stand-up special tomorrow. And on that note, let's jump over to the community Q&A. Freedom Fan says, you have an amazing circle of friends. Which conservative most surprised you as you moved from the left to the right? Who did you have the most preconceived negative opinion of, but now consider a friend? Uh, you know, it's interesting because you guys know, uh, you know, these people, whether it's Larry Elder or Dennis Prager or Glenn Beck and... Uh, the Shapiro, I mean, the rest of them, it's like, I thought, I guess I thought they were scary. It's hard to remember now, but, you know, I thought they were bad guys, that they were these bad conservatives and they hated poor people and they hated gay people and all of these things. And it just is not true. They might have their own religious beliefs or whatever, but it just is not true. I would say the one that, that sort of has surprised me the most is probably the one that I've become the closest with. Uh, who uh, I would say is Dennis Prager because, well, first off, we have a, a bit of an age difference. You know, Ben and I are relatively close in age. Uh, Dennis, I think, how old is Dennis? Dennis is like 71, if I'm not mistaken. It was his 70th last year, right? So Dennis is 71, I'm 45. So, you know, we've got, you know, so he's 70, he's 73. Wow, so we've got almost 30 years between us. Um, and he's sort of become like, a, there's like a little bit of a father figure there and a mentor there. Um, but you know, we started having Dennis and his wife Sue over for dinner and now we've done it dozens of times, often just the, the four of us, sometimes with some other people. And I don't know that Dennis really had like a couple that a gay couple that were friends before, like really close friends. And I think we've done a lot of work with each other and discussed a lot of serious things, but it's, but it's always done over laughter and everything else. He doesn't drink. So usually by the end of the night, I'm drunk and he's, uh, once in a blue moon, I can get him to take like one sip of white wine. Uh, but uh, we've had some great times together and he's a good guy. I'm trying to get Dennis to move out to Florida. It's like, take Prager, you. Take, save all the people, you know. Get out to free love in Florida, Dennis. I even sent him a house this morning from Trulia because I'm really working on it, so we shall see. Uh, Kat says, what is yours and David's favorite summertime drink on a hot summer night? Well, as you guys know, because uh, I've mentioned it several times, 
uh, we do like, well, we like a whole bunch of different things, but uh, lately I've been into the mojitos. Uh, I do like the mojito, a little bit of mint. I can skip on the simple syrup. Who needs the extra sugar? You don't need it. Little, uh, you can put some flavored soda in there. I like Spindrift. They are not a sponsor, but they should be with the amount of Spindrift. I'm basically 80% Spindrift at this point. They just put like a tiny bit of fruit juice in there. And then you do, uh, you just do some rum and some mint. You muddle it and you're good. That is good to go. And by the way, let me say, since you asked about hot summer nights here in Florida, I think I can speak for everyone here. It's been totally fine. Has it not been totally fine? It's a little, like we're in the middle of June right now. It is a little humid. It is a little humid. Look at the height of the hair. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's been just fine. Like, yeah, you're going to sweat if you're walking outside, but it's actually been, it's pleasant. And the mosquitoes haven't been that bad. And I've got an iguana swimming in my pool every day. It's like, how much better does it get than that? Clay says, I think it's time to red pill more people. I'm trying, man. Have you worked on getting more liberals on your show to show them the light? You know, people ask me this all the time that I don't have as many liberals as I used to. I tried, I don't know anyone that tried more than me. I mean, that's sort of how I made my name by talking to people across the aisle, right? Like I was doing the long form podcast thing and interview thing before everybody was doing it. Um, by the way, people did it before me in an old school fashion, right? Like Larry King was doing hour long interviews way before I was. Um, but I really tried for a long time. And I was also, you, you remember this, for those of you that have been with me for a long time, like I was always saying, hey, me as a liberal, like let's fix our side. Let's not be crazy. Let's not do this stuff. And all I kept getting was hate. And then the thing is, once you start running around and you call all these people racists and bigots and Nazis and the New York Times calls me part of the alt-right and all of the nonsense that you guys know, what happens is even the good liberals, liberals generally, are afraid of their own shadows. They're not exactly sure what they believe or, or, or more so why they believe what they believe, right? So then once someone says, oh, you know, that person's a mean Nazi over there, that person's a scary bigot, and blah, 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 blah. And that, oh my God, that person talked to Jordan Peterson and didn't Jordan Peterson say he's for enforced monogamy? And I saw that article in the New York Times and blah, blah. And then what happens is liberals generally just become afraid of talking to anybody. So they just talk to themselves with a bunch of bad ideas. So I am open to those conversations. I really still am. Like as long as someone's not like full on going after me personally uh, and repeatedly attacking me and the rest of it. Like if you want to have a good natured conversation, if you're a decent liberal out there, you know, they've had, they've booked me a couple times on real time with Bill Maher and then they've canceled me a couple times. I'm still willing to do that. Um, you know, if whatever remaining good liberal is out there, um, or sane Democrat, you know, I can get any basically Republican politician on at this point, and we're going to do our darndest to get every single Republican that's going to run for president. And I have a feeling we'll get every single one. I will gladly have the Democrats. Yes. Do I make fun of Democrats? Yes. Do I think their ideas are bad? Yes. Do you have any doubt that if I had any, literally any one of them on from gay Pete to, um, the rest. I was going to say something mean about Kamala. I was trying to be nice because I'm about to ask her to come on the show. It's like, I'll treat you the same way. I really will. I don't think you guys have good ideas, but convince me, convince me, and I'll treat you as respectfully as I would treat anyone else. Uh, and by the way, we reach out to these people all the time. It's not like we're only reaching out to, to the Republicans. We've reached out to the White House, I assure you, and we've reached out to you know the rest of the Democrats. We've reached out to AOC's people. I mean, we have. Uh, Zionist says, I'm dying to see the new Downton Abbey movie. You saw it. What did you think? You don't want me to tell you what I thought if you're, if you haven't seen it yet. Now, first off, it was the first time I went to a movie theater since pre COVID. We had to go into my emails to figure out from Fandango what was the last movie I saw 
in a movie theater. So, you know, COVID started at the beginning of 2020. So the last movie that I saw in a movie theater turned out to be Rise of Skywalker, which came out Christmas week of 2019. Then a little bit before that, in October, I had seen The Joker. Uh, and then right before that, in September of 2019, I had seen the Downton Abbey movie, Downton Abbey Part 1. Um, I don't want to say anything about it because a few of you hopefully will still go out and see it. I will say I went with two people. David was one of them. There were at least two people there that had tears in their eyes at the end. That is all I will say about that. All right. And I just can't give it away. I can't, I can't give it away. Uh, Spike says, what does freedom mean to you? And can an American political party ever lame cl lay claim to be the party of freedom? Well, what does freedom mean to me? Well, the first part of freedom is that you get to live your life as you see fit. If you are here and you're legally here, we're going to treat you equally. And then it's kind of on you, man. The government should just get the hell out of the way. It should make sure you're not getting shot on the street. It should defend property rights, things like that. But that's it. That's why so many people are so crazy right now. We have government in every part of our lives and people are always fighting about things that the government should have nothing to do with, right? We never have the correct argument, which is, wait, is this the role of government in the first place? It's like government is in every piece of your business and your private life and you know, your kids' lives, drag queen story hour and all, story hour and all of the silly nonsense. Um, so freedom, what true freedom is, is that you are born free. It is your God-given right to live freely once you are born. It is, a, it is a divine right. I don't know another way to say it. Even, even if you were coming from a purely secular point of view, uh, it, is, it is beyond government to make you free, right? Is government does not make you free. Government can create the conditions to defend your freedom, but the people that think government made you free it's like government didn't make me free. Government did not make me free. It can defend those freedoms, right? It did not give me freedom. You really have to make that shift in your brain to understand that. Because once you think government gave you freedom, you're free because of the government, well, the government can take that away at any moment. These people are always encroaching on our freedom. We wanna push them away. Can any political party ever lay claim to the party of freedom? I mean, look, it is, it is way closer to the Republican party than the Democrat party. Now that, of course does not mean that the, the Republicans are great. They are not great. They are not. And when they're in power, they do all of the stupid things and they spend all of the money and they don't govern small, they govern big, but they're not completely insane. The more things that get kicked to the states, the more that you lower taxes, the more that you don't lock people down, the more that you don't pretend that the president is the king. Those are all Republican ideas, right? They're, they're actually founding ideas. They're, they're founding constitutional ideas but those are more so in line with the modern day Republican party. None of those ideas of limited government of states rights, of say the government not telling you whether you can go to school or go to work, like the Democrats, they would love to encroach on all of those things. So there is a party that is a little more pro-freedom and what I, what I think is a worthy venture, what I think I'm really trying to do here and why I'm always trying to drag those sane liberals over is man, there is a chance for a party of freedom. And what we, what we say the libertarian ex-lib side can do is keep pushing on those conservatives to be a little bit better than maybe they would be if only left to their own devices. Matt says, Dave, do you and David have any big plans for Independence Day? So I love, love, love July 4th, of course. Uh, you know, we're, I wanted to do a huge party. We haven't thrown a huge 
party since we've been in Florida yet, but we're doing all this work at the house and the house is filled with dust and tape and glass everywhere. And it's just a freaking mess. My hope is if we can wrap this thing up in the next two weeks, maybe we can pull off a big July 4th party. Will you guys come to a July 4th party? We'll get, we'll get hot dogs. You like the hot dog? Okay. Uh, yeah, my hope is maybe we can pull it off, but I don't know. We just, we're doing work outside. We're doing work inside. It's just, it's just messy. Uh, so we shall see. Oh yeah. And Connor, we would get the American style guacamole for you. That's, that's guacamole when they squirt ketchup all over it. You know that you'd like that. Um, God, that sounds horrible. That really, I just made my, I just kind of vomited a little and swallowed it. That was terrible. Guacamole or ketchup. Um, but uh, I hope whatever you do on July 4th, you just take a moment to celebrate this freaking spectacular country and know that it sounds cliche when politicians say it, but our best days could be ahead of us. We all think our best days are behind us and that's what the machine wants you to believe. Biden wants you to believe, the, the media wants you to believe because that if you think the best days are behind you, you'll beg for them for more. Help me more government, govern me harder, I need you. And it's like, no, we don't need you. We just need the conditions for freedom. Oh, and I happen to live in a place where freedom is doing quite well. And uh, some of you should consider moving here to Florida. Sarah says, what is something you checked off and something that is still on your bucket list? Well, something that I just checked off. I mean, I have wanted to release a stand-up special for a long time. You know, I, I spent most of my 20s in comedy clubs, the shitty gigs on the road in the middle of Poughkeepsie, you know, performing and just all of that garbage and the, the nights I would mop up floors to get stage time and stand out on the streets and all that stuff. And then I kind of let go of stand-up for about 20 years. And it was only about five years ago that Bob Saget, my, my dear friend, Bob Saget, who the world is a, a less funny place without him, uh, said to me, Dave, you know, you gotta get back out there and do standup again. And he was the one that pushed me uh, to make my standup return about five years ago at the Brea Improv. And I freaking crushed it. And then I still, it's like, I don't really wanna be a comic in like, in that sense of like, I'm on the road doing comedy. I'm not interested in that, but I like talking about the stuff that I do here and I love doing it in front of an audience. And we could have chose, you know, we could have chose several of the shows and we had a debate amongst the guys of choosing which show I was gonna release the, the stand-up special from. The Orlando show at the end, especially because of the energy around DeSantis and that it was here in Florida, it felt like the right one. It's unedited, you're getting the, you're getting the full thing. And uh, I, I've always wanted to release one. I wanted an HBO special. Like I remembered 1983 seeing Bill Cosby himself. And this was before uh, we all knew about the serial rape. You know, nobody's perfect. Uh, but I remember I was seven years old. I remember seeing Bill Cosby himself, the, the chocolate cake routine, the dentist routine, laughing like that pain, you know, that deep pain in your stomach. Like you cannot believe something is that funny. I couldn't believe something could be that funny. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. And I, I want an HBO special from then on. And uh, I don't care about an HBO special now. I don't even know if they do comedy specials anymore, um, but I'll have my own special and we're releasing it on a platform that I created. That's pretty freaking awesome. And something that's still on my bucket list. Well, this one is gonna make Michael very happy because Michael sent me yesterday. He said, Dave, you gotta watch this. And I said, Michael, I'm a busy guy. And he said, you've gotta put everything down. I don't care what you're doing. You must watch this 24 minute uh, expose on why the Star Wars, the last tr three, the last trilogy, why it was so bad. And I said, Michael, I know it was terrible. I, it was horrible. It ruined my dreams. It destroyed Disney. Everything I loved is, is now horrible. He said, you must watch it. So anyway, I'm doing cardio yesterday. I watched this thing. It was quite good. 
It was a quite, it, what, what's it called in case people want to watch it? It was called the Anti-Trilogy. You can find it on, uh, on YouTube. This guy does a really nice breakdown of why the three movies were such a mess and so bad and ruined all the stories and all that stuff. But what is that, how is that related to my bucket list? After that, I got linked to an interview uh, that George Lucas did uh, talking about the new trilogy. And he, he's such a good, not only did the guy create like these magical things that became the lore of our time and the stories of our time and things that like, that are just in me, they're just in me, whether Star Wars now is owned by a giant evil corporation or whatever, but like the story of Star Wars and the characters and the brain power that I've spent in my life thinking about it and watching those movies. He, not only did he create that, but the, but the way he created the stories, the way he fought Hollywood when he was originally creating them and, and had no budget and was trying to create this thing, the way that, you know, that they wanted more of the money on the front end. So he was like, all right, I'll take the toys. I mean, this literally happened. If you don't know, it's incredible. You know, uh, boys generally didn't play with toys back then, like figures. It was mostly thought of as girls play with Barbies. George Lucas had the foresight, not only to create these incredible characters, these amazing worlds and stories and all this stuff, but then to say, okay, you guys take more of the money on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the, the rights on the toys. And they were like, well, who, what boy is going to play with Darth Vader and, you know, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker? And then he made billions and billions on that. Uh, but also listening to this interview with him, I was just like, man, he, he just understands like what it is to create something, what it is to leave something, what it is to not hold on to something. So anyway, on the bucket list thing, I really want to interview George Lucas. I've always wanted to, but it really hit me yesterday. I want to interview George Lucas. Clip this, send it to George if you know George Lucas, okay? He's probably on Mustafa right now, all right? He's not, he's not even here anymore. Uh, Leslie says, there have been a series of fires at food processing plants across the country. Are these deliberately set to cause greater food shortages? So have you guys seen this? I, you know, if you're an online creature, like most of us are, you're seeing these headlines all the time. There have been fires across, it seemingly is mostly in the Midwest. These food processing centers, just yesterday, there was this horrific video out of Kansas, uh, 10,000 cattle that apparently died of heat stroke out of nowhere. Uh, and there's just all these weird things that seemingly are happening to our, uh, our food supply chain, right? And we already know that our usual supply chain, your, your couches, your shoes, windows, basics, we know that that's been really slow. Uh, but then we also know that the World Economic Forum and even Biden himself have, have been talking about food shortages. So it's like, what is really going on here? So I have seen the videos on this. You know, I always would try to do the, the Carl Sagan version of this, which is extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. So like, do I think that there is a group that is setting fire to food processing plants and killing cows? I, I don't know, but like, I just wouldn't put anything past the weirdness that we're in right now. You know, the other part of this that's really weird is that Bill Gates, who I think has really become like an evil, I would say Disney Star Wars-like character. Uh, do you know that D Bill Gates is now the largest farmland owner in the United States, if not the world? Can you see, is it the world or in the United States? Definitely in the United States. It might be in the entire world. This is the same Bill Gates who's constantly doing interviews saying that you're gonna be eating bugs in the future. And he has more farmland than anyone in the United States. So is something weird going on here? Like, does that make me a conspiracy theorist just to think that something very, very weird, these people want you guys to eat mush and bugs and live in the metaverse and have some weird strap on thing to your genitals and never move. It's gonna be like Wally for freaks. And then, uh, 
you know, then they're going to own all the farmland. It's really weird. So yeah, he is the largest farmland owner in the United States. Uh, oh, this is a good transition here. Brad says, what's yours and David's favorite cut of meat to cook on the big green egg? So we've been doing all kinds of stuff and I've been posting pictures. I mean, I love doing, I'm smoking like, a, you know, we've done like 10 pound or even 14 pound briskets that we're doing for 14 hours, big green egg. I get up at 6 a.m. We let it go basically till we eat at eight and, you know, wrapping it up and getting some steam in there and mm, so good. Uh, you know, a tri-tip you can do in like an hour, you get a nice three pound tri-tip, which I, I love. There's something about a tri-tip that I love. Like, I don't know, there's something just kind of simple about it that I love. You, ribeyes, you really don't need, ribeyes are so, they're, they're so fat and juicy, you really don't need to smoke them. So I usually don't smoke the, the ribeye in there. Um, a pecana. I've enjoyed the pecana lately. Do you guys know about the pecana? Got that ni nice fat layer on top. That can be uh, pretty sweet. Uh, Judiana says, how much more security did you need than normal when you and Governor DeSantis appeared in Orlando? I watched your sit down and the sheer number of libs trying to crash in and scream down on your free speech was honestly scary for me to see. Yeah, um, well, I don't want to get into all of the specifics of the, the security situation, but obviously he's the governor. There were plenty of security officers outside. You know, they do a sweep before we go into the rooms. Uh, he has security with him. I had about 20 minutes with the governor in the green room before where we were just chatting and he had nobody else in there with him. And then my guys came in and we all talked and he's, he's just a good guy. I mean, you know how I feel about him. Um, but you know, there's security guys everywhere. So, you know, when we were on stage together, if I had kind of peered off this way, peered off this way, you see security guys there. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they had two security guys right on the floor there and security guys in the back kind of is what it is. Um, and then as far as my security during, again, I don't want to tell you everything that we do, but obviously I have some level of security with me. And it's just like, it's one of those things. It's like, it's one thing for the governor, right? Like it's obvious and we live in this weird time and people are weird and you know, maybe if, uh, say, The View wasn't calling him Death Santis or a Nazi all the time, he wouldn't need it, but it, it kind of just is what it is. Um, but it is, I can tell you, it, it's weird that for someone like me, like I, there, I have some level of concern, like I don't hate anybody by the uh, nature of their skin color or their religion or sexuality, uh, but some people don't like me. But yeah, they, the people that were there that crashed it, you know, they coordinated it so that every few minutes when we were speaking together, uh, they would, they knew that someone else would go up, meaning you go up at five minutes and yell, I'll go up at eight minutes and yell, I'll go up at 14 minutes and yell. So they all, they coordinate all this stuff. And it was coordinated in at least two cases by, by one, a guy who's running for like congressman somewhere in Florida and one who's a, a, one, a woman who is in the Florida, uh, she's either in the Florida State Senate or something like that. And it's like, man, you guys use your free speech to infringe on other people's free speech. Also to yell about things that had nothing to do with the show. I mean, these people, they're just so sad and pathetic. And, and really like the idea that you would live in Florida, the freest, uh, state in the nation, the freest state in the union, that you would live here where it's so flourishing, it is so good, where people are so happy, there's so much goodness here, right? It really is amazing. My life is transformed here, truly. And that you would be here and be complaining about it. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect here. It doesn't mean that you can't change things on the margins. But if you are waking up every day like these losers, and I really mean it, they're losers. They're, they're m like misguided losers. If you wake up every day in the freest state of the nation only with your goal of taking out the guy who stood up to the machine and allowed you to go to work and allowed your kids to go to school and all of those things, get a better freaking hobby, man. Or get a mirror. How about that? Just get a mirror. 
Mary says, how do you think the mainstream media will react to a red wave in November? Will they accept it or continue to scream how racist America is? Well, that's why I've been showing you these clips from the televised mental institution known as MSNBC, because you can see they're seeding the ground to their own audience that A, it won't be a legit election. They're trying to show you that right now, even though, you know, if Trump was to say it, or if anyone was on the right to say it, you're, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you should be kicked off Twitter and all of those things. Uh, of course, Hillary Clinton was repeatedly allowed to say that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. So they're always allowed to do these things. That is the one privilege in the United States that, uh, states that actually exists, that is Democrat privilege. Um, yeah, I think that they will, they will tell, tell us that the election was illegitimate. I think they will tell us that, uh, that Nazis are in power. I mean, they're gonna do everything to keep their base crazy. They'll get people to be violent out on the streets again. When you have a political party and a, and a media machine that are in bed together only for the purpose of power, not for the purpose to free people, not to, for the purpose of creating the conditions so that people can live the way they wanna live, man, they'll do anything to stay in power. And that, that's what's so dangerous right now. So I think the violence will start again. I think, like, I just think anything's possible. COVID too, right before, so we all have to do mail-in ballots. Like, don't count your chickens yet, people. Yes, it is looking good. Yes, there are great markers. Yes, Elon Musk saying he's gonna vote for DeSantis is awesome. Yes, all of those things. Yes, whether it is in 24, let's say, whether it's Trump or whether it's DeSantis or whether it's Nikki Haley or whether it's Tim Scott or whether it's Candace freaking Owens or who knows who. It's like there's a deep bench of interesting people there. Interesting, diverse in the idea sense of diverse people there. The Democrats have nobody. They have this old man. They have a woman who is barely functioning mentally in Kamala. They got gay Pete. They got, they got nothing. So there's huge opportunity here, but like you get overconfident on that and just watch out. They'll, they'll just, they'll take Biden out and suddenly next thing you know, it'll be like, someone's going to be like, oh, shouldn't uh, Michelle Obama be running for president? And then next thing you know, the entire media will be talking about Michelle Obama. Like you just got to watch out for the tricks that these people can do. Brooke says, hey Dave, I'm a huge fan and I'm happy to announce that my husband and I are leaving California. Congratulations. We bought 40 acres of land in Arkansas next to my parents' farm and plan to start our family and learn to live off the land. I love this. Uh, we couldn't be more excited. Can you please wish us good luck on the show? It would make my day. Well, I absolutely wish you guys the best of luck. 40 acres in Arkansas and you're getting out of California. That is absolutely freaking awesome. I'm gonna send them something. Can I, we say, we're, I'm gonna sign something, I'm gonna send you something and you can put it on the barn door over there. That is amazing, congratulations. Good luck with everything. And I'm glad you're in the community. Take pictures, what are you gonna be growing? Are you, is this food, cattle, livestock, what are we doing? I, I used to have some chickens, I can help you out if you need some help. I wanna live on a farm. Can I, can I get an acre on your farm? Glenn Beck once offered me an acre. Did I tell you guys that? If the shit hits the fan, he said we can go. Well, he said I could go, but I guess I would take you guys. Uh, you know, uh, you know, said your tour had a lot of stops and you met lots of people. Was there a moment on the tour that changed your opinion on any subject? Um, well, the broad thing, this isn't changing opinion. The broad thing, as you know, was just like, it was just so great to, to just be with people again. Like it really, really was. Uh, was there anything that changed my opinion? Well, there's this interesting dichotomy in all of the states and all of the cities because, you know, 
I didn't want to go to like the crazy, crazy leftist city. So we didn't do Portland. We didn't do Seattle. It's not to say that there aren't good people there. We didn't do San Francisco. It's just like, I just didn't feel like going there. And when I went, even when our day off in LA, after we did the, the Brea and Oxnard show, we went to Santa Monica and holy shit, what a dump. Do we have that homeless video? Can we pull that up? Is that possible on the fly like this? We can't do it right now. Damn. You may remember that from a couple of weeks ago, just driving by these homeless encampments everywhere. And I was singing the Hollywood song, you know, Hollywood. Da, 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 da. It's just a dump and disgusting. Um, but then you go, to the, you go to the red cities. Oh, we went to San Jose. Like the, the show there was awesome. Douglas Murray was there. It was one of my favorite shows. We almost released that one as the stand-up special. It, it was such a fun night. The, the improv in San Jose is awesome. It's, a, it's more of a theater than a comedy club. But San Jose was disgusting. The smell of urine everywhere. And, but the people that show up to the shows in the blue cities, they're, they're the same people in an insane place. So the, the energy there is always awesome. Then you go to some other places where things are clean and nice. Like we went to Phoenix. Phoenix is awesome. Phoenix is clean and pleasant. And the restaurants were great. And the people were great. Shout out to uh, the Connor family who were over, well, showed up to the uh, Phoenix show. But there's a feeling in the crowd of, we don't need you as much. So the audience was awesome, but they're not desperate. Like, oh my God, a sane person is visiting us in this hellhole because they don't live in a hellhole. So that, that seeing that like on the ground, I guess was a little bit surprising. Um, and then I guess this doesn't surprise me, but my audience, which is I would say 90% conservative, are just good people. And if you listen to the mainstream media, conservatives are not good people, but I know you're good people and I'll keep telling other people that. Kelly says, Dave, August is around the corner. Have we locked in the names, AKA Brandon for one son? And are we gonna go, and are we going anywhere for off the grid or purely on baby watch? I'm not allowed to, uh, to say the names. We are 100% settled on one. There is a debate on the other one. Uh, so we shall see on that. I really did want Brandon, but I know it's not gonna happen now. So I guess I can say it. It's just not gonna happen, guys. I pushed. I just thought, what a great thing to, to put this child out in the world as Brandon and everywhere he goes, let's go, Brandon. And the energy behind it, it would be like Forrest Gump. People, who is it? It's Brandon. And people will be cheering for him and he'll, you know, he'll you know, run across the country and people will be following him. Him. I just thought it would be amazing, but David has overridden me. He thinks it's too on the nose. It's too, Dave, not everything you do has to be political. You can't name the child because of a meme. Okay. So I can't do it. I lost that one. Um, so I can't say anything else on that. As for going away, no, we are on baby lockdown. So my phone will be in, my phone is going to be in a safe. David will be accessible in case there's a, an early birth or anything like that. Uh, but we're just going to kind of hunker down here. You know, maybe we can take some day trips, uh, take a walk or something, I think. Um, but we're just going to hunker down here. Baby will be born and I will come back on September 1st. I think we almost locked in who's bringing me back on the grid, which is a good one. Um, and, uh, and I'll be a father. So I assume I will look terrible because usually when people have kids, you see these people, they look good. They're out there. They feel good. Everything's good. You know, I'm 45. I guess I look all right. And then suddenly they have kids and they age 10 years overnight and they get this big belly and then they never know where anything is. Where am I? What happened? Where are my shoes? but I'll try to my best to, to stay on the ball for you people. Uh, so, but you gotta wish me luck. Uh, Cheryl says, which do you think would be the most effective way to ensure Congress members get out of office timely? Simple term limits or restrict all stock purchases and sales while in office? Which do you think would most likely be voted in? Well, I'm all for the, the term limit situation. We, we should, all, I, I'm almost to the point of it should be one term and out. 
and not even a re-election. I, I don't know, I'm not like fully there on that because I think there's arguments that like if you're really doing a good job, obviously a second term could be in order. Um, but you know, so much of just the job becomes getting the next job. People that are senators spend two years of their lives when they should be doing work running for president. Like the whole system is screwy. You know, the stock thing, the thing about putting limits on that, which intellectually I like, the idea of it, obviously I like. You know, someone like Nancy Pelosi, what did you tell me yesterday? She's worth about $70 million. Um, Joe Biden's worth around $20 million. Nancy Pelosi, $100 million. She's worth $100 million. And they've done some tracks on this where they track how her stocks are doing relative to the market. And it's like, man, she always nails it. She always freaking nails it. She outperforms the market consistently, consistently, okay? She outperforms the S&P, like she's just doing it. It's something like 4Xing it, okay? Like, do you think she maybe knows something? Do you think that her policies maybe have something to do with something that she's a, a, a congresswoman up in Silicon Valley and maybe has been able to do some deals? And by the way, she's, what is it? She's like second cousins with Gavin Newsom, all of that stuff. Um, you know, so I do think that there, you could put some limits on that kind of thing. The thing is, the thing is rules always exist and then other, and then people find way around rules. It's just how humans operate, right? Like you build a trap and people figure out how to get out of the trap or get around the trap. So it's like, okay, you could put in all these rules and guess what, Nancy's gonna make a call or meet a guy for lunch and say, all right, you buy this and da da da, and I'll get the kickback. I mean, look at Joe Biden with the kickbacks. How is Joe, what is Joe Biden worth? I think you told me yesterday it was 20 million, right? $20 million. Joe Biden has been in public office for 40, now it's like 49 years, right? So Senate, most of that, obviously. Obama's worth $70 million. How did Obama get $70 million? The president makes, I think, 250 grand a year, something like that. Like they use all of their connections to make all of this money. And I don't begrudge them money. I really don't begrudge them money. Uh, but there's obviously something else that's going on here. And the same people who are screaming about climate change, Obama bought this crazy multi-million dollar mansion in Martha's Vineyard on the, on the water, on the water, Nancy Pelosi, on the water, right? Like this is what they do. John Kerry flies around in his fucking, pardon my French, but John Kerry really pisses me off, uh, in his ridiculous private plane everywhere to tell us that we should get off fossil fuels. I mean, these people, the, the hypocrisy is absolutely off the charts, which by the way, is yesterday we showed you, you know, DeSantis is worth 300 grand. DeSantis is the governor of Florida, could have done all sorts of shady deals. Could have talked to the, to the Gator people over at Gator World and gotten a kickback over there, but he didn't, right? So maybe he is a decent guy. Uh, we got a cold close in just a second, but real quick, I want to remind you that I will be on my, in Miami on July 14th for my last stand-up show of the year. I don't think I'm going to do any in the fall because we got these babies coming. And again, I'm told I'm going to be tired. So July 14th, you can go to daverubin.com slash events. And then of course, the big thing tomorrow, people, my stand-up special is out. It is free for all Ruben Report annual subscribers. You can subscribe annually right now at rubenreport.locals.com. It will be up first thing in the morning. If you're a current monthly subscriber, you can just go to manage support, switch over and you'll get it. I promise you it will be fun. Should we show them the trailer one more time? Maybe we'll show them the trailer one more time before we leave. One more time, the trailer, here we go. The free state of Florida, ladies and gentlemen. So they're out there, and if you saw these people, they're, they're chanting, they're literally chanting, we say gay, at my show. I don't just say it, I mean, I'm doing it, you know what I mean? Disney has lost $41 billion. Donald Duck 
is wandering the streets of Orlando sucking dick for a hot lunch. How many of you are conservatives? Okay, conservatives. That basically means you have a job. So good for you guys. Ben Shapiro is very mean and very scary. Ben Shapiro is four foot six, okay? He's actually in my pocket right now. You guys want to see him? That Donald Duck joke was a big hit. It was a big hit with the people. I was gonna say Mickey Mouse originally, and then I was like, something about the duck. I thought uh, the duck bill, visually, I just thought there was something there. Uh, so yes, you can go to rubenreport.locals.com, sign up annually. And by the way, if you sign up annually, you get two months free anyway. So you get a lot of stuff, and then you get our videos ad free. You can chat with us during the show and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, we got a cold close for you in just a second from the elderly man pretending to be president. Just a quick reminder that tomorrow it is Friday, so we got a panel for you. Uh, Liz Wheeler will be returning. John Cardillo will be returning. And Jedediah Bila will be returning. It's a big returning show. All right. Uh, guys, what did we say before the show? I had them all uh, guesstimate what the uh, out of 10. How are we going to do? Michael, what did you say? 8.6. You said 8.6. What did you say? Um, you said 9.1. Connor went low. You were trying to... Trying to get me on the Price is Right rules. Congratulations, Phoenix. I feel this was a 9.2 today. You get lunch. See you tomorrow, people. That's why I'm asking people to continue to follow the CCD guidelines, CDC guidelines. The PPP needed to open our schools and businesses. The JOPCA so that we're, you know, LGBTQ people can shoot just as straight as anybody else. The N1H15, as well as there's more than one one, you know, coronavirus. This 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 COVID-9 is one strain of that. Supply of those N95 masks, excuse me, 96 masks. Mm. To serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. PPPs, masks, gloves, all the sanitation. Every CBC and others, he named four outlets. Look, the promise of the Cures Act is that your average worker, to make sure we have enough PPP, those, those protective gear in the CVC parking lots and Walgreens parking lots, I forget the other one he mentioned. PPP, the mask and the gowns and all the gear. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.